shoot. Welcome to Liberty FM, the podcast dedicated to all things New York Liberty. I'm Francois and I'm joined by my co-host and wife Felicia. This is episode 11, recapping free home games and one away game in LA for what was a busy week for the Liberty. And it was business almost as usual for Liberty and you understand shortly why. Let's start with the first game that happened last Tuesday against the Seattle Storm, which was the fourth time that we faced our opponent. And Felicia, we should say that it might have played a part the fact that we played them so many times already because it seems like the Seattle Storm was starting to figure us out a little bit, wasn't it? Yeah, I think this game was something I expected to be a battle. Um, Seattle is still a great team. They have Jewel Lloyd, and <laughs> they don't call they don't call her the Gold Mamba for nothing. Um, and so I think um, the Seattle probably caught the Liberty off guard here by being so aggressive in the first half. Jewel Lloyd went off. And you think? I- <laughs> you think she went up? Uh, let me tell you, she had 22 points in the first half. I think she was 5 for 7 from the three-point uh, three uh, line. So to say that she had a good start is an understatement. But continue, Felicia. Yeah, you know, I think she... It's just, you know, you only have so many teams in this league. And all these teams, I, I keep saying it, just like what Stewie has said, all these teams are great teams, you know, despite what the standings may say. Uh, you know, and Seattle being where they are in the standings, they still have some really great players. As I said, Jewel Lloyd, uh, Ezzy Magbagor, they were doing great things in the first half, definitely to keep a strong lead on the Liberty. You know, the Liberty started missing their first few shots, uh, you know, and, and once you start rushing and trying to catch up, you play this game of catch up, they, they're going to pick apart your whole your whole game plan, and, and that's basically what they started to do in the first half. And so they really had to come together and figure it out. They started to figure it out a little bit in the second half, and, you know, I'm, I'm grateful we got the win, but all Even right, in the right. second half, it started looking real, <laughs> real chippy. <laughs> I, I'm sure by now people have watched the game, but let's pretend that some people don't know what happened, and let's try to keep the suspense a little bit. You revealed too much already, Felicia, <laughs> because... They've seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, but my feeling definitely uh, in the first half was that, ooh, we might, we might be here for a long and tough night, because... The way, as we as we mentioned, the way Drew Lloyd started this game, uh, as a free point shots. We talk about Sabrina, but Drew Lloyd as well are so smooth. But yeah, on top of that, the Liberty, the field goal percentage was not that great. Like usually with Sabrina, for example, you know, like very early on, she has a couple of frees. You know, she's in rhythm. She's there for you know to have a good night. But I do remember like that game, like. Not a lot of things were going in for her and for other players. The only good thing was that at least they were rebounding, which was uh, definitely something that we kind of struggled in the previous game against Seattle that, you know, they almost, you know, got the win. Um, and so at least that was the only good thing. But if you look at the stats at halftime, uh, the Liberty were trailing by 10, uh, 31.8% uh, field goal percentage overall. 20, almost 22% from the Freeport uh, line, considering that the Liberty are the number one team uh, beyond the, the arc. 
Um, that was not very, not very optimistic first half. And what can we say about the third? It was even worse. Uh, I do remember that between the second and third quarter, the yeah. Liberty didn't score any field goal for seven minutes. Yeah, it was that part of it, I would say, was painful to watch. And I'm sure if they watched it back, it was probably painful for them too. Because it's like seven minutes between the second and the third quarter. No, no basket. I mean, no ball was going in. And, and that was just hard to see because that just put, that just kept Seattle in rhythm to make their shots and the the lead clearly grew to what 18 yeah so at that point i think uh, i'm not yeah i'm sure that sandy probably took a timeout at that moment but i was looking at the score it's like we're down by 18 and it's like what did just happen like how are we gonna like figure this out like you you feel like they they, they can figure it out because they have talent but the way we you know, the Liberty had played throughout, you know, two quarters and a half was, was really worrying. And so for me, I think what was key and, you know, prior to that game, uh, John Cole Jones was, um, you know, voted uh, Houston Conference Player of the Week for two amazing performances uh, against the Washington Mystics and the Indiana Fever. And what I really liked uh, what the Liberty did after that 18-point lead by the Storm is that instead of insisting shooting freeze after freeze, they just gave the ball on the inside to John Cole Jones, and she definitely—it definitely seems like John Cole Jones is is back. Yeah, I would definitely say that. I, th- I think you know, last week and probably the week before, you started to see this emergence of John Cole Jones, and I think she just seems herself she seems happy on the court they're feeding her more which i think we were talking about all season like you gotta feed john cole more that is your threat on the inside if you're not gonna do that teams just run away with you know getting shots in the paint and you need her you need her there you need that presence to get those shots in the paint and she is just really coming through and i think in the second half for the liberty by going to jj they really turned things around. I mean, you also had Stewie and Benijah, who are also helping the team. They were the the top two scorers for, for this game. And they definitely kept us afloat, yeah. <laughs> even into the second into, into the second half. And so once the, the Liberty started to gain more, a bit more confidence, John Cole Jones, I think, scored about six points um, at that moment. Uh, the momentum literally shifted. And uh, what I really liked about uh, Sabrina Ionescu, like, you know, she could have easily given up. Like, none of her shots are really getting in. But she was doing other things and so many other things. Like, I've never seen her fighting for so many rebounds. Mm-hmm. She was going for every single rebound, whether defensive or offensive. I know there was even, like, a point where she, like, missed uh, a three-point shot. She got her own rebound and then had a no-look pass for uh, for Stewie. That was amazing. Like, she was also facilitating, having those different passes for JJ, uh, Benaja, like... You know, she made herself useful in the way that the team really needed at the time. And I really like that. Sometimes, you know, obviously you always hear like the, you know, the saying, shoot or shoot. But sometimes you got to figure out that this is not your night and you need to provide in a different way. So she definitely did that. Yeah, she definitely did. I think, you know, the thing about Sabrina is that, yeah, she's going to keep shooting. You know, even for that night, 2 of 14 field goals, 2 of 9 
uh, from the three-point line. It's a tough night. You know, you only score 12 points, but she had the the second highest number of rebounds that to, you know, JJ. She had 12, Hmm. and she also had 12 assists. So she, her own triple-double was 12, 12, and 12. Yeah. And, you know, she did the little things. She knew, okay, my shooting is off right now. I'm going to do other things to help my team win. And she... She did whatever she could on that court, and that definitely, you can see that with the assists, with the rebounding. She was aggressive in ways that, you know, I think other players, you're right. If they're having a bad shooting night, they may not think to, you know, let me try to do other stuff while my shooting's off. You know, my teammates can pick me up. Like, Benajah contributed, obviously Stewie. Uh, JJ, Marine, you know, everyone tried to contribute as much as they can while she had an off shooting night. And granted, they were down um, as much as 18 points, but they definitely made a great comeback to win this game. And you got to also, you know, give points to Sabrina for just doing the little things that helped her team win. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, right after the 18-point lead by the Storms, uh, the Liberty had a 15-2 run, and the momentum literally shifted. And it was funny because, like, before the game, they had given us those uh, those towels, mm-hmm. uh, those seafoam towels that was when get uh, go the extra miles. And I don't know, but it just gave an extra energy to the crowd, like, because they were throwing those towels any chance they got. And especially when the moment has shifted and, and you know, the, the Liberty got the crowd going with this comeback, like, it was probably, like, the loudest we've, we've had the, the Barclays this season. And I'm not even, like, it, was, it wasn't even the biggest attendance because, obviously, it was on the Tuesday evening, but it was definitely the loudest. And, and I think Stewie recognized that after the game. She said that. You know, sometimes we kind of take it for granted being at home, but like, you know, hearing the crowd pushing us in those moments, like that definitely gives them the the extra energy. And then even to a point where I think it was about one or two minutes left and uh, Drunk Old Jones had a a bank shot that really kind of gave us like, you know, you know, not the the momentum, but pretty much like a good, good lead at, at a crucial moment. And, and from that moment on, I think like we, I knew that it was, it was over and we were going to get the win. Um, you know, Seattle tried to foul, but you know, they fouled their own people, mm-hmm. Stewie, uh, and, uh, Sabrina. And thanks to those free shows at the end, it got her the triple double that you mentioned, 12, 12, 12, her fourth triple double in her career. She's now the second uh, player with the most triple double in the WNBA. Behind Alyssa Thomas, who's you know collecting triple doubles every week uh, right now. So it's gonna be hard to catch her up. But definitely, um, you know, historic performance once again, and what a comeback by the New York Liberty against the Seattle team that was definitely much tougher than the standings uh, show. So overall, uh, we faced them four times now, and uh, we got four wins. I think they say it was the first time since 2014 that uh, the Liberty won a series against the Storm. So great way to start the, the week, even though we wish it was a little, a little smoother. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for them to have this win... Versus the storm. I mean, back then you had you have Sue Bird and you also had Stewie yeah, on yeah. that side. So you know, it it was a tougher team, a much tougher team back then. So no, I'm glad they got the win. I'm glad they they won this series against the storm. And there's just things that you know we know the Liberty 
they have to work on. They know what they need to work on, and they just got to keep pushing through each game if they're trying to make the playoffs, if they're really trying to make a run at this. There's, you know, starting games, coming out strong, turnovers. I don't know how many times we can talk about that, but I'm sure we'll talk about it more as with the other games that we're going to talk about. But there's still some things that, you know, they really got to tighten up, you know, that I personally worry about for them um, going further into the season. All right, so let's move on now to Thursday's game against the Atlanta Dream. And should we say that this game against the Atlanta Dream was, you know, how should I say that? Expected, put on people's calendar for quite some time <laughs> uh, because uh, we know that, and just to put things into context, so after. I think it was end of June that uh, the New York Liberty, um, you know, beat uh, the Atlanta Dream by quite a while, 30 points. Uh, we're not going to remind that for uh, Dream fans. Uh, but they won by 30 in Atlanta. Uh, and Ryan Howard, uh, the star of the Atlanta Dream, tweeted shortly after uh, July 27th, meaning that she was, you know, putting that in her calendar the next time that she was going to face the, the Liberty. And I think it was probably due to the fact that at some point, um, one of the players from Atlanta got injured or received an elbow, you know, by accident um, by Dawson. So she was like, you know, on the floor for quite some time, got taken out the court. And then, um, you know, Sabrina. Uh, shot the free throws, I think. Uh, I, I can't remember what. No, so, oh, yeah. Uh, Tanisha Wright, the coach of Atlanta, got attacked because she thought that it should have been a, a flagrant. Right. Um, and so, as a result, Sabrina shot the free throw. People were not happy. She made the free throw. Uh, and then pretty much uh, shushed the crowd or, you know, asked them to wave and asking them to calm down. And that's when, like, you know, the crowd started booing, which is obviously, like, I felt like maybe Sabrina should have just, like, you know, made the free throw and move on. Um, but I think that kind of created a little bit of animosity that maybe was already there prior to that. Um, but, yeah, basically, Ryan Howard uh, put that in a calendar, and I think a lot of people just waiting for... Uh, the last matchup between the two teams. I definitely feel like there's, I don't know if it's really animosity, but <laughs> that was probably you a, know, too mean, big of a word. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's that serious, but there is something. I do feel like when we watch Atlanta and New York play, there is a certain chippiness. There's just a level of aggressiveness between both teams that I don't really see with other teams mm. that, they definitely go at each other, I would say, more so than other teams. So, you know, I don't know where that stems from. I don't. I, I feel like I started to see a little bit of it last year, and I, I saw it again this year. And I don't know if that's... I don't know if that's to one individual player or the team. You know, we got a bunch of new players, so I can't... I don't think it's them. So the only person I could point at would be... Somebody got beef with Sabrina somewhere, <laughs> but you know, and I think, yeah, to you know, to circle it on your calendar, and I'm sure the Liberty was like, all right, bet we circle it too. <laughs> and uh, I think you know they definitely put that in the calendar because the way the Liberty started the first quarter was pretty amazing. Uh, they started on an 18-2 run mm. uh, with JJ pretty much continuing on the. 
comeback tour uh, because she was on the road. The previous game, she had a, another double-double, um, I think with 11 points and 17 rebounds. But this time around, um, she was in a force, uh, an offensive presence uh, that was much needed. And, and I felt like it was smart because Atlanta obviously is a, is a great, talented team. But they don't really have any centers. I mean, Cheyenne Parker obviously is doing great for, for them, but I would consider her more as a power forward. And so Junko Jones definitely has the height advantage, and considering the fact that she's doing better now physically and also, like, you know, feel more confident about a role on the team, like, she was dominating the dream, and I think that was the, the right thing to do to start the game. Yeah, again, you got to give JJ her flowers. Seeing her perform at the high level, it's just what we needed to see from her in these games. And I'm just grateful and thankful that they're feeding her and she's being more aggressive and those shots are going down because that just builds your confidence too. With each game, you see the ball go through the hoop. It builds and it continues to build and it really does continue to build for JJ. I'm just glad to see that she's just just handling everything so strongly uh, for the Liberty and that they're feeding her the ball more and more. Um, I'm glad to see that they kept Ryan Howard yeah. Pretty much out of the game. So really. It, it really felt like that was the number one mission for this game yeah. was to stop Ryan Howard. I, I cannot help but thinking of uh, Becky Hammond of the Las Vegas Aces. I, I saw a clip uh, the other day when they were playing against the Chicago Sky in Chicago. And she was like, ABC, like anything but copper, like yeah. uh, Kalia Copper of the Chicago Sky that kept on scoring after scoring. And she was really mad with her team for not stopping her because that was pretty much, uh, you know, the go-to plan to stop the Sky. And I feel like, obviously, the Dream have many weapons, but their superstar is Ryan Howard. And it definitely felt like the Liberty had a plan that worked well. Now, you could argue that it was... Partially due to the Liberty's defense and partially due to Ryan uh, Howard having an off night. And, you know, that happens to, to shooters. But I definitely feel like the Liberty made her life way more difficult than previous games because a lot of her shots were four shots and she didn't have a lot of space to, uh, you know, have a usual game. Yeah, I just felt like they were more aggressive. The way they came out just in attack mode is just... It's just what I want to see from the Liberty. You know, I don't feel like they start every game this way, but you can definitely tell they wanted this win. <laughs> you could tell the way they came out. And it's not to say that they don't want it for every game, but just the aggressiveness they had from the start of this game, I, you know, I definitely want to see that for future games too because the way they played to shut her down, especially in that first half, and, you know, yeah, she had an off night too because she definitely had looks um, to shoot the ball. It's just the shots weren't going down, but they definitely had a great defensive stop on her many times. And so, you know, I think overall, once you can keep your start, once you can keep the star player out, is pushing everyone else to to step up. And yeah, you had some people, Alicia Gray, um, Aaron McDonald. McDonald. Yeah. You know, they definitely stepped up for the dream, but they needed Ryan Howard in this too. And so I'm just glad the Liberty came out with 
just so much aggressiveness and, and really got this win. Yeah, and um, there was one player that I'm sure um, also had put this game in the calendar was Brianna Stewart because I don't know I know it was a while ago that that lost at home against the the Atlanta Dream, but I do remember vividly that there was this was probably the worst uh, game uh, of the season for Brianna Stewart, especially shooting wise, um, and you know obviously when. Uh, you have a bad, um, you know, shooting night for someone like Stewie, and for a team that relies so much on her, um, you know, it was meant to be a tough night for for the New York Liberty. But this game, and especially the second quarter, Ooh. my God, Brianna Stewart, it's like. So when we were at the game, I was like, you know, taking you know different videos so that I can do nice little reels and stuff like that. And so when I was putting all those videos together, all those clips, like it was all about Brenda Stewart. And I'm like, for those of you that hate on women's basketball and always come up with, you know, really silly arguments as to why they don't want to watch it, please watch Brenda Stewart. And tell me if, you know, you see any difference in terms of shooting uh, technique and abilities between Kevin Durant and Brianna Stewart, for example. Her shot is amazing. She mm-hmm. can do turn ar- uh, fadeaway jump shots, turn around, pump fake, you know, like from freeze, from mid-range, and the most difficult positions. She does everything, and it looks so easy, but obviously it's not. And... I, it, it was just sinking in to me like I, I didn't really want to take this moment for granted because I don't think people realize how good she is. I mean, you look at, you know, MVP talents, you know, it's pretty much Asia Wilson and Brianna Stewart. They are the top two players yeah. in this league. They are the two superstars of this league. And so, you know, for us as fans to be able to witness that, it's it's amazing. And, and Atlanta could not stop her at all. Uh, she had 18 points in the second quarter, four assists. She wasn't, like, taking all the shots. She was also, you know, giving dimes to her teammates. She was being aggressive. Like, I can't remember the number of times she went at the free throw line because mm-hmm. she kept attacking the basket, being, you know, aggressive. And, and for a defense, that must be so hard to try to contain a player like that for 40 minutes. That That is a tough job, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Brianna, I mean, she's just a consummate player, basketball player, and you got to respect her game. I mean, she is a phenomenal player. I mean, hence why her and Asia Wilson were the leaders in the All-Star yeah. <laughs> in the All-Star game and in the tally in the votes. And so, you know, just watching some of her fadeaway jump shots, it's just a thing of beauty to see. And even when we would watch NBA games, for instance, you know, yeah, Mm. like you said, for people that criticize the WNBA or say just silly and really stupid things, like, you got to watch these women. Like, you really got to watch watch these players. You got to watch the games because they are just as good, if not better, than a number of NBA players out there. So, you're going to be in trouble, Fee. No, it's true, though. Like, when you see them play, it's like, you know, there's not much difference. But anyway, aside from that, Stewie handled her business in the first half. She had 25 points in the first half alone, um, 33 overall for the game. But she she meant business, and she 
she put her foot down, um, especially in that second quarter. And I think, you know, she was such a great, a phenomenal addition to the Liberty. It's what the Liberty needed. You know, it's great to have Sabrina, but you needed that leader. You needed someone who could do it all on the court. And really, Stewie can do it all on the court, just like you said. And so great half for her and you know the atlanta atlanta dream didn't really have a response to that yeah but as expected i mean because atlanta is a team that you know always battles and try to come back and you mentioned uh, Aaron mcdonald's and uh, alicia gray who are tremendous guards and you know have a lot of speed and attack the basket can shoot freeze i mean Aaron mcdonald seemed to have added that to arsenal as well um, but they helped the, the dream to make a little comeback uh, in the third quarter. Um, but there are two players that really stood out for me in the second half because Stewie didn't score as much in the second half, but uh, Jonko Jones, <laughs> mentioning her again, and then Queen B, Venaja uh, Laney. <laughs> so, um, you know, JJ continued dominance. She not only scored on the inside, but also three pointers. She fought for some uh, loose balls. Like, I remember there was one moment where she literally, like, like ran after the ball and then kick it between the legs to save the ball. Mm-hmm. It was amazing, especially for someone that tall, like, to do something like that. So, it was great to see her joy and her passion and her willingness to, you know, do anything she could for the, for the team. But Benajah Lenny, um in the fourth quarter was what really settled the score um, for good in this game. She was fairly quiet for her standards in, in, in that in that game so far in the first three quarters. And then she blew up in that in that fourth yeah. quarter, showing pretty much all the moves that she has shown her uh, shown us this season. Uh, corner freeze, uh, aggressive layups. Uh, the sort of like turnaround that she does mm-hmm. or when she attacks the pain and, and it's really hard to stop her. Like we've mentioned that many, many times before, but that's, you know, such an underrated player. You know, I wish she was at the All-Star game, but so crucial to that team. And when she plays like that and you have JJ and Stewie that provided, you know, tremendous numbers for the team, I I, I couldn't see how the, the dream were going to beat us and... Hopefully it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, Benajah came through in the fourth quarter. You know, the the game, this is a game of runs. And so, you know, obviously, you know, Atlanta is not just going to lie down and take a beating. You know, all these teams are going to fight and they're going to fight back. They're going to make adjustments at the half and they're going to come back. And then that's what Atlanta did. You know, they definitely try to come back and the, they won the third quarter. Um, but they were still down. And I think the Liberty definitely wanted to to keep pressure. And I think that was the one thing I, you know, sometimes for the Liberty, when they take leads, they tend to take their foot off the gas almost. Yeah. You know, it, it seems like they relax and, and then teams come back and then they have to like, you know, bring people back. Like, you know, if you have like a 20 point lead, maybe we could give Stewie a break, but then teams come back. You yeah. got to bring Stewie back in. And so, you know, for them, Benaja going off in the fourth quarter was definitely a great highlight because you could tell the Liberty was like, we're not giving this up. No matter how hard you fight, we're not giving up this win by no means. And so, 
you know, it was a it was an overall great win. Again, I, I question the chippiness between both teams. Well, even well, at what the did end, you notice at the end of the game? Well, you know, at the end of the game, you see Sabrina, you know, waving bye to the Atlanta Dream. And that's not typical behavior of her. You don't usually see that from Sabrina in games all the time unless there's a team that really... I feel like got under her skin or I don't know if, you know, trash talking on the court. It happens. You know, people trash talk. People say all kind of things. So I don't know all that happened on the court. But, you know, to see her do that, I was surprised because it was just like, all right, this this game really meant something to the Liberty. And, you know, they got the win. So I'm I'm a happy girl. Yeah. And so that was the last time until maybe the playoff uh, because I think right over you know, kind of laugh, um, you know, at the fact that, you know, it, it, it was such a big deal, uh, you know, her tweet, um, um, and was asking, you know, I'll be ready for the next time. Obviously, like, she didn't have the performance that she wanted to, but there's no next time unless we face in the playoff, and uh, obviously that would be uh, a different story, but uh, we are done uh, with the Atlanta Dream for now, for the regular season. Uh, and we got we had the win. Uh, what was great was that uh, Brandello, because you know they had three home games uh, this week and probably like what five games in eight or nine days. Yeah. Um, so she needed to use her bench way more than she has been used uh, prior to that game. And you know it, she was asked about Jocelyn Willoughby after after the game, and um, you know I think Willoughby played the. The yeah. whole fourth quarter. She played the whole fourth um, quarter. And obviously, Justin Willoughby, uh, you're not necessarily going to see it on the stat sheets, <clears throat> sorry, the importance that she has, but defense and sometimes, you know, corner freeze when she when the team need, needed to um, are very important as well. Like, you know, especially with uh, Anshu out, uh, Dawson out, uh, Piffini Prince that doesn't get a lot of playing time. Uh, that's a very short rotation. So... Uh, I'm glad that uh, Brandello gave props to uh, to Willoughby, and hopefully, um, you know, seeing more of her and more of the the bench uh, for what is you know a tricky schedule for the the month of August. But let's move on now to the third game, uh, the game against the Minnesota Lynx. And this game was kind of oddly placed because if you remember, this game was meant to be happening, I think, June 8th or something like that. Uh, but due to the the fires in Canada that sort of, you know, were brought to New York uh, and it was a little bit unsafe uh, for a lot of outdoor and indoor sports to be played on that day, it was rescheduled for July 28th. And some people, because I know it's frustrating as New York Liberty uh, fans, and, you know, the best way is just not respond, but... Uh, there seems to be a lot of haters for the New York Liberty. I don't know why. Maybe it's because this year uh, we have a you know quote unquote super team. Even though nobody was uh, complaining when we were bottom of the league a couple of years ago, um, and now you know we made our own way, and uh, you know I guess that that creates uh, you know some jealousy or whatever. I don't know, but a lot of people started joking that. Well, the Liberty, you know, put in the calendar the July 27th, but maybe they forgot to put July 28th on their <laughs> calendar because whew, that was a that was a tough game. And in a way, kind of, 
you kind of expected that it was going to be a, a little harder because, you know, there's not a lot of back-to-backs in the WNBA. Yeah, back-to-back games are hard, you know. I I really wanted the Liberty to win this one. The way they started... They started really well. I felt confident that they could win, but they you could see how tired they got, and they came fast and with a fury. Um, you saw how tired they, they became, and you just saw that they were on the back foot with Minnesota. Minnesota, they were the aggressive ones. They were they were keeping pace. Liberty could not catch up, no matter how hard they try. And again, the game, it's a game of runs. And the, the Liberty definitely had some runs here and there. But this was Minnesota's game, unfortunately. And it, it wasn't a game for the Liberty. And yeah, they just, they look tired. They, they look like they were playing a back-to-back. Yeah, and um, I remember, like, um, before the game, like, you know, it seems like there was a little less people than usual, even though, like, the stadium kind of filled in, you know, throughout the game. Uh, they give us those tiles again, you know, hoping to recreate that energy from the Tuesday games against Seattle. And in some part, it did, like, you know, especially in the, in the fourth quarter that I will mention uh, later on. But I saw, uh, you know, what could be considered as, you know, um, MVP contender, uh, definitely a top five player, uh, Nafisa Collier, who's been having an amazing season. Um, but we saw her with, uh, you know, an ankle injury and that she was going to be out for, for the game and for, you know, the next seven to 10 days. And I don't know why I was like, your first instinct is like, oh, well, that's going to be a much easier game. Cause like the superstar, the team is not there. But then I was like, Hmm, you know what? Like every time you think, oh, that's going to be an easier game. Nope. Uh, it turns out that it's, it's much more complicated. And you got to give props to the Minnesota Lynx. Uh, they started the season 0-6. And, and as of today, uh, you know, we're recording this episode on, on Monday. They are now uh, at 50% uh, wins. So a tremendous turnaround for, for the Lynx. And what really impressed me is is the defense. They yeah. really made it really really hard for the for the Liberty, right? Like you know, you could argue that the Liberty had an off night. They were tired, um, but you know the Minnesota Lynx were <laughs> making their life really difficult. Yeah, they were trapping, and which caused the Liberty to make, uh, I guess, just mental miscues and. Just miscommunication all across the floor. You know, I think when you look at Minnesota, their defense was top-notch for sure. And they were giving the Liberty a, a tough time on the court. And, you know, whatever they could do to disrupt, and especially because the Liberty did look tired. You know, I think in the first quarter, they came out pretty strong. The Liberty did. And you felt like, okay, they still got energy. You felt like, but it seemed like that was the last gas that they had almost because after that, it just slowed. You could tell they were just like a step behind and Minnesota took advantage every time, you know, and and just, again, silly turnovers. Some of it was not all, you know, Minnesota's doing either. I just think, again, the Liberty... You know, that's something they have to tighten up with taking care of the ball on both ends. And that, that again, I feel like is definitely their Achilles heel and with turnovers. And I just feel like a number of them can be unforced. And if they just tighten that up, they would definitely have a better game. But this one was all about Minnesota. 
And even with Collier out of the game, the rest of her teammates came through and they were all aggressive. I mean... Yeah. I mean, you have two very talented uh, rookies. Um, uh, the number two in the draft, Diamond Miller, who, when you get to see her in person, like, she offers... Mm-hmm this uniqueness of, you know, being tall for a guard Mm -hmm. and, you know, being able to do pretty much everything um, and, you know, making it really, like, hard for the defense to figure out how to to stop her. And uh, obviously, Aaliyah Boston uh, has been the most dominant rookie uh, so far in the season. She's been voted in uh, as a starter for the All-Star game. But right now, I mean, there's still a long way, obviously, for Damon Miller to catch up. But I feel like she's catching up a little bit in the Rookie of the re- uh, Year race uh, with Aaliyah Boston. Now, obviously, a short sample of games um, where she has that level has had that level. Um, but the difference with Aaliyah Boston, who doesn't always get the ball on the inside for the Indiana Fever. It seems that the Lynx uh, gave the freedom for Diamond Miller to just play a game. And and it was very telling in that game that she was with Kayla McBride, the, the, the leader of that team. Um, and, and the Liberty couldn't really figure her out. Yeah, I mean, even, you know, when they tried to tighten up their defense, one of them was left open at yeah. some point. And it just... You, you had a lot of miscues with the defense and switching and, you know, I think a few times through the game, someone's leaving their assignment but not communicating to the other to switch. And so it left people open and then they're scoring threes. They're getting those buckets. And you're not going to win a game when you have these breakdowns in defense and you have miss, so much miscommunication. And, you know, for the Liberty, you know, again, you could chalk it up to a back-to-back. I know Stewie always says no excuses. This is what it is. We just got to play hard. And they did try to come back. You know, they only lost by five. But for this, you know, this was a a game that I really wanted them to win. But it it was just too much for them, I think. Yeah. And uh, what was also uh, very interesting was the fact that the Liberty kind of struggle with um, the centers or power forwards of the links that were cutting quite a lot. Um, you know, there was a lot of movement from uh, the the links in terms of their offense, which made it really challenging for the defense. I mean, we know that the Liberty are still a, a new team, and so they're still learning how to communicate, transition defense, or rotations on defense. And I felt like the Lynx kind of pinpoint that and made it hard for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you has uh, the former player of UConn, uh, who was drafted quite you know high in the draft, um, kind of sort of you know forgotten about in this uh, last draft but she's showing that she deserves to be out there and she provides a lot of good things for the Minnesota Link um, and I thought she did a, a tremendous job as well uh, getting rebounds uh, moving around um, but yeah overall I know that Sabrina at some point made a you know a little push for the Liberty um, you know scoring quite a lot of frees you know I remember Mm-hmm. One of the um, Liberty fans sitting just behind us um, when I think the Sabrina had that amazing free and I think brought it to like a three-point game. 
and we got so excited we stood up everybody stood up and and the fans in behind us said like i think that's the first time i see you excited today <laughs> because i think we had kind of lost hope in that yeah game. i mean in that game you just saw it and you just thought yeah it's not gonna be our night and so we sort of just we were sitting there watching the game and you're just kind of seeing the flow of things and it just looked like minnesota had control and it he was just like uh we're just going to have to sit here and watch this game unfold. But then, yeah, when Sabrina, she really tried to make And she had a great game points-wise. You know, she had the stats. But, unfortunately, the rest of her teammates uh, were not as helpful. But, yeah, once she – I think she cut it. They cut it to a three-point lead yeah, at one point. And so. to a one-point lead when uh, um, Brianna Stewart had some free throws, they cut it to a one-point but then afterwards, uh, um, they you had know, another defensive I miscue, think, which yeah. left. Well, I know Kayla Mac, and I know I think Kayla McBride at some point had a corner free, mm-hmm. and then at some point, like Benaja was trying to like you know bring the team back, but I think she had like one or two turnovers that pretty much yeah. settled the score, and and after that it was it was too late. So and I think you know what I remember from the game that was pretty significant of how the 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 night was going to turn was that. Uh, half court uh, three point shot uh, by Tiffany Mitchell, um, where it's like when something happened like this uh, just before halftime, you're like, this is not gonna be good. And in the end, um, it wasn't. Uh, we lost by five, I think, uh, yeah, 88 five. to uh, 83. And we would have hoped to, uh, you know, have a, you know, a clean. Uh, clean sheet or yeah. uh, you know with you know the win on Sunday against Indiana win on Tuesday against Seattle win on Thursday against Atlanta but unfortunately we couldn't get uh, finish the job on Friday uh, against Minnesota mm-hmm. so now it's you know back to the other side the west coast uh, as the, the New York Liberty are going on a little California trip uh, for a couple of days. They're going to show a little California love. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, yesterday uh, they play on Sunday for the very first time this season against uh, the Los Angeles uh, Sparks with two uh, games in L.A. Um, this past uh, Sunday and then uh, tomorrow on, well, t- today if you listen to the podcast, but basically Tuesday uh, they're facing the, the Sparks again. And so I was kind of intrigued by this matchup because they have stars like Neka Agumake and Jordan Canada, who's, you know, the rising star this season for the Sparks. And at the same time, the Sparks are one of the teams that have had probably the most injuries this season. So it's been a really challenging season for, for them. Um, but when the talent is actually there and they put all the pieces together and they start getting used to used to playing together, uh, that could be a very interesting team. So I was very curious as to how the Liberty were going to play against them. Um, and considering that they had so many games prior in New York and then, you know, the following day had to travel to L.A. and then play the following day. Um, I didn't know what to expect, but the Liberty, you know, started taking care of business pretty early on in this game. Um, and uh, something, should I say someone, that I was happy to see... Uh, being the highlight of this first half was Marion Joannis. Oh, yeah. She she could not miss a three. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, she was phenomenal. Because I think, you know, when you saw her the last game, 
She's contributed, but I yeah. think even in the last game, she looked tired. It seems like she had more. Yeah, because she was a. Uh, um, uh, we didn't mention that Courtney Vandersloot had not played a game on Friday against the Minnesota Lynx. Uh, Sandy Brandello wanted to rest her. And so Mahin had the, the opportunity on Friday to be a starter. Um, and I think we were kind of expecting more, but. She was a little bit disappointing. I mean, especially defensively, um, yeah. I felt like she was not at the level that we were accustomed to from her because she made a lot of improvements defensively. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit disappointing. So now she was, you know, back on the on the second unit, um, but back to to standards that we're more accustomed to from from Marin. Yeah, definitely. I think she just came out and she knew, you know, she had to be aggressive. You know, I think. You know, just probably having a day off, even though they were traveling, you know, helped than having like any sort of back to back per se. And so I think that helped her to just get in this game right away and get shots off and to just take that initiative. Because I think she's a great passer. A lot of times, you know, she's always playing for her teammates, which is great. But then sometimes you want to see her take the shots. You want to see her be aggressive and you know, she got open, and every time she got the ball in her hand, if she could shoot it, she was going to shoot it, and she could not miss, you know, in the first half, and so that was great to see. Yeah, I too, you know, going back on what you were saying about um, the Sparks, I was also interested in this matchup, because I wasn't sure how this was going to go for them. I was really wanting them to have all the wins at home, and then when they were away, I was like, oh, they're going to play L.A. twice. And so I was like, oh, hopefully they can get one win. And I wasn't sure where it was going to come from. But they definitely came out in this game just aggressive, ready to go. And probably from the last game, you could tell that even from the game with Minnesota, they were really trying to come back in the fourth quarter. But Minnesota just had too much for them. And I think they really wanted to make a statement in this game and not start a road trip off with a loss. Yeah. So, you know, it was great to see them come out so strong. And especially what the Sparks only scored two points for like for, for a very uh, long time. For a very long time in the first was, quarter. I think it was like 21-2. Yeah. And then yeah. The, um, Kurt Miller, the coach of the Sparks, took a timeout. And then they made a, you know, I wouldn't say a comeback, but they were definitely uh, much better in the in the game after that. But yeah, it was twenty one two. I was like, whoo, uh, national TV. That's that's not a good look for for them. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, we sound like a broken record. But unfortunately, with the Liberty, um, we cannot have just yet uh, a forty minute performance. Um, now you know the Liberty were great on defense. Um, you know, very little room for the Sparks to play the game. A lot of four shots. Um, you know, the Liberty were able to play fast when they needed to, rely on their strength. They had Sabrina with a couple of frees. We mentioned Marine, Stewie being Stewie, JJ continuing, um, you know, to be a dominant force uh, on the inside. So everything was pretty much great. Um, and you know, there was not much to say. Even in the third quarter, it was pretty much like the same as the the first half. Um, and then in the fourth quarter, once again, 
uh, and Sandy Brandela was asked at the end of the game. She was even asked, um, you know, they're doing this new thing with ESPN now where they put earplugs to coaches um, and ask them questions during the game. Uh, I'm really not sure about this uh, system, actually. Yeah, it's, it's like, how do you ask a coach to focus on the game and at the same time answering yeah. questions? It's wild um, to me. But, you know, I think uh, she was asked about, like, you know, do you have, like, a, a solution for... You know, those little comebacks that you guys have, have been through. And she's like, yeah, if you have the key, if you have the answer, let me know. Because, you know, uh, I don't know what to do about those, those comebacks. And she definitely also mentioned that um, after the game, um, where she was really annoyed by, once again, the turnovers. Like, I think, you know, for the Liberty, again, turnovers and transition defense is really gonna be a problem for them going forward if they don't nip this in the bud because the turnovers especially transition defense I think sometimes you know they have lapses there's no question that they do have lapses when it comes to transition defense but their their turnovers I don't know a game yet I mean maybe early on this season we have to look back but I swear every game lately they have at least minimum a dozen turnovers or more yeah. And so, and teams are capitalizing on that. You know, even for LA Sparks, even if, even though they may have lost this game, they still, what, 17 turnovers, they still got 16 points off of that. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it, for them, and then the Sparks only had eight turnovers. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I, I would love to see the Liberty get single digit turnovers, <laughs> you know, but they seem to just have these double digits all the time. And it just seems like a lot of stuff is unforced. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, they play fast when they don't need to. They uh, run the clock, but then kind of forget playing and, you know, having some ball movement, Mm -hmm. uh, taking quick shots when they don't need to, uh, not fighting for rebounds. And then, you know, like you said, transition defense is non-existent. Um, I cannot recall the number of times where the Air Caribbean just went in there, you know, just running towards uh, the Liberty's basket and just waiting for yeah, one no of the one guards to there. just pass it the ball <laughs> unattacked, even though you had one or two Liberty players, like, somewhere yeah. in the paint that could have, like, challenged her, but, like, just literally forgot yeah. her, and she just, like, okay, thank you. And she was the player of the game for Yeah, the she was definitely the, the player. She had the most points. I think, you know, like, um, I know, like, ESPN, they like storytellings and they're always going to share those stories. But it is amazing, though. I mean, they were sharing during the game that she gave birth in March. Um, She wasn't necessarily expected early on in the training camp of the Sparks, but she was there from, I think, the first day um, and just work away towards you know being in shape and you know like right now the way she plays is pretty similar to the level she had with the las vegas aces and obviously i know she was asked earlier uh, in the season about you know all the the sacrifices and the efforts mm-hmm. she had to make to be at that level so quickly but she just said i'm a professional this is my job you know so yeah. uh you know i know for you know especially for uh me as a man that you know it's kind of sort of hard to, um, you know, register or realize uh, that, but, you know, it is amazing, though, like, you know, coming back so quickly, um, you know, at that level, after giving birth, um, for me, it's it's no short of extraordinary, but 
Uh, for women, it's just, you know, just a regular thing, you know. Uh, you gotta give women respect, You gotta man. give them respect, you know. But still, you know, it's amazing to see her just come back, you know. I I have mixed feelings about it, though, to be honest. I do. We As still a don't woman, know the... We, I still feel we don't fully know the full story of what happened in Vegas. I guess maybe yeah. we'll, we'll... People can argue that now they've been sanctioned, let's move on and stuff, but... I don't know. It's, but I wonder... I do wonder if that pushed her this time around to come back so quickly because I do feel like women it is a miracle and a magnificent thing to give birth and your body needs time to heal and recover and unfortunately in this country we just don't get that time that really three a couple of months that is not enough and you know, be that as it may, you know, it it's phenomenal just, you know, the power and strength of Hamby to come back so soon yeah. um, from maternity leave and, and get back in shape. And you could see her on the court just doing so well. But, you know, I also it does make me question sometimes what happened in Vegas is that does that play a part of her just coming back and, and wanting to, and obviously the love of the game. I yeah, know that, yeah. but you know, for women in sports, you know, you, you see, and it's not just in basketball, but you see some of the U S women's soccer players who, um, were pregnant and they, they're out there running the field six months, <laughs> you know, crystal, crystal Dunn. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and sometimes I wonder like, man, does that sit in the back of their mind that they could like lose their spot or, yeah. you know, and, and that's hard because it's just like, you don't want to see that in, in, in women's sports at all. But I just wonder sometimes if, if that definitely sits in the back of their mind. So they work hard to come back out and they'll take a short time off, come back, get their body ready and, and back at it. But it just seems like it's a lot, but kudos to her in this game though, it, that she, she did so well, and she was really aggressive with the Liberty. Yes, the Liberty, you know, pretty much, I feel like, had control of this game for the most part, except, again, the turnovers and transition defense was shaky. Um, but I think because they built such a lead, you know, again, for them, they they were able to withstand uh, the punches by the Sparks. Yeah, but it was it was close though. Yeah, uh, I think we had the biggest lead was I think twenty seven points yeah. if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and uh, you know talking about Ambi, she brought the game to a, a seven point deficit mm-hmm. uh, when she had a a, a three point play attacking the basket, um, got the N one. And all of a sudden, it was a seven-point game. And then you hear the, I'm sorry, I'm not going to say the Crypto.com uh, arena. I'm still going to call it the Staples Center. But the crowd was much louder. <laughs> Crypto.com. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Staples Center. Uh, but the crowd got loud. Um, and I was like, I still felt like, you know, this there's not enough time for them. But you never know. Like, the Liberty, when they stop playing, they really stop playing. <laughs> Uh, and so, unfortunately, Brandel had to bring back um, uh, Sabrina Ionescu and, and Brianna Stewart to to make sure we set on the score, and, and we did. Sabrina had a a, a big free, um, and Stewie also had a, a free point play. I think she had like a mm-hmm. a little floater that got and one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but basically, they they helped kind of maintain that lead. Um, but we ended up winning the the game just 87 to 79. Uh, I guess we'll just take the win, even though uh, 
you know, the score should have been uh, much bigger than, than it was. But I guess it's going to make it for an interesting game uh, on Tuesday. I know yeah. Kurt Miller, when he was uh, interviewed uh, prior to the fourth quarter, he was like, you know what, let me try some something new for this quarter. You know, we're just getting our pieces together and, and you know, just see moving forward how we're going to play. So I just want to try new things. That was before they made the comeback. So I'm going to be curious to see what he has in store for the Tuesday game because obviously playing so, um, you know, so close Sunday and Tuesday it almost feels like a playoff series. And you know, playoff series teams make adjustments. So mm-hmm. I definitely expect a, a different game uh, on, on Tuesday. And then afterwards, uh, Friday this week, uh, it will be a revenge uh, against the Minnesota Lynx. We're going to play in Minnesota uh, this time around. But definitely, um, you know, the Liberty, um, you know, have a better performance, uh, I hope, um, on, on Friday than they did uh, this past Friday. Nafisa Collier will still be injured. So now you know what to expect. You know that. Even though the superstar is not there, it's not going to be an easy game. And in a way, maybe it kind of makes me feel better. The Minnesota Lynx took care of business the, uh, one, two days later against Connecticut uh, this past mm-hmm. weekend. So in a way, people that were laughing at the Liberty, the Lynx showed that you know, they took care of business against its number two and number three in the league without the superstar. So definitely uh, a team to not take for granted on Friday. And then Sunday... Sunday, oh boy, we're all waiting for this game. Uh, part two of what's gonna be a month of uh, love matchup against the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, the second game uh, of the of the series. Um, we're all waiting for that game. Obviously, we hope that the Liberty will do much better than the first game in in Vegas. Uh, even though the Vegas Aces, Las Vegas Aces, don't have Candace Parker. They're still a very strong team. They're pretty much the dominating team mm. of the league. Uh, the, the starting lineup right now was the starting lineup last year in the playoff and the championship run. So we know it's going to be a tough game. We know that the Las Vegas Aces is the team that can actually do a 40-minute performance all throughout um, the game, uh, something that the Liberty have not been able to do uh, as often as the aces so tough matchup but exciting at the same time i'll say this if the liberty can really tighten up those turnovers they can stay in this game yeah i want them to win it's gonna be hard there's no question this is a tough matchup for them if they can even tighten up the turnovers and just be as aggressive play with that chip on their shoulder like they played with atlanta yeah be dominant like they were you know yesterday against la if they can just somehow put all that together They can definitely, you know, be a threat to the Aces. You know, the Aces, again, they're a well-oiled machine. You know, it, it they, they won the championship last year. They've been playing together for a long time. They just know all. They just know how to play together. You got the point guard over there, yeah. <laughs> so you can't. You know, it's a tough matchup, and they got to play their game. But they got to take it to the Aces. They can't have you know like the last game have leads blow up into a balloon into like 20 plus point leads and things like that so (sighs) hopefully you know and also though with jj doing as well as she's been doing lately you know this might be that emergence to see jj really come through in this game 
Yeah, like Sabrina said, she might be, you know, the missing piece of that puzzle. Uh, and so we do hope that they have a great performance and at least like go toe to toe with what has been a dominating year uh, for the Las Vegas Aces. So really looking forward to that matchup and we'll tell you all about it in the next episode. As we always say, let's, let's go, go Liberty! Liberty!